Love and Light. What's happening, y'all? My name is Brother Akeen, and this is my podcast, Akeen's Open Talk. Here on this platform, I discuss a wide range of topics, anything from politics to entertainment, love and relationship issues, current events, and even music. Any and everything is fair game. Now, on this episode, I want to address the state of the black community in terms of our placement on the political food chain. Now, are we progressing politically in the United States? And if not, what would it take to advance forward successfully? And if you feel that we actually are progressing, then exactly how? That we began to overcome since Obama? Or has Trump knocked us back a few steps? Or overall, does any of this even matter? Well, I'm down to kick around a few things and hopefully you're down to consider my views on the topic at hand on this episode. And as usual, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Now, let's talk openly. Now, there's this quote that I like to use from time to time. Um, This quote from Kwame Ture. Uh, formerly known as Stokely Carmichael, uh, which states, Black visibility is not black power. Now, simply what that means is that you can put black faces in certain political offices. Um, You could put them in law enforcement or business. It doesn't matter. Because what they are are just faces. You know, they're there to give you this false sense of diversity to make you think that things are improving in this country. And maybe, you know, little things may be. But for the most part, the black faces that are in those certain positions of so-called power do not represent actual power. You know, in other words, they don't really control anything that is really important enough to consider to be a real influence in this country. You know, now, you know, there's this thing called a figurehead, and, you know, I won't go so far as to say in all cases these faces are just figureheads, but I will say that there is a difference between You know, having a title and having real power. And in this country, I cannot recall the last time black people, man or woman, have really had true power. You know, I mean, politics is based on uh, the theory of just dividing up the spoils and the, the resources and the riches amongst those that feel they should have more of them. And that's basically what politics is. I mean, we're in that year now, you know. You know, it's that time again where, you know, people come out 
Now they want to pander to black people for votes. And historically, you know, we've pretty much been, you know, the uh, scale tippers, you know, the tiebreakers, you know, the ones they come to to uh, really make the decision on if this country is going to be ran by someone representing the left or representing the right. But as far as, far as what black people have to actually gain, from our votes, where have we really progressed? I mean, who really represents us? Who in the past have chiefly represented black people? Who does it presently? And who do we think will do it tomorrow? Or is it something that could be, you know, actually done? I mean, that's the question. I mean, who represents us? You know, you have someone in the office now who doesn't represent the American people the way you have been taught to think presidents are supposed to do, but rather represents the people that put him there. And he's not the only one to do that. I mean, that's basically what the game is all about. You know, I'm going to take care of my constituency. You know, I'm going to take care of the ones that took care of me that put me here. But when you do that, how does black people, how do we get represented? Because there's never really been anyone in office that wanted to look out for us the way we so-called looked out for them by putting them in office. Now, obviously we know President Obama served two terms. Technically, and you know, in a technical sense, not a quote-unquote African-American, but a black uh, American nonetheless. And as you've seen, you know, you were able to see with your own eyes and, you know, witness for yourself. Once he got into office from day one, there was an agenda set to counter everything he presented. So we all know where that comes from. You know, it's hard for this country to accept the fact that a quote unquote black man is in the White House with any type of uh, presidential power. So, you know, he had adversaries from day one. But let's just say that we had a situation where there wasn't this agenda that was set out against him per se. Let's just say it's just a regular course of business. He's in office as the president. He's there to pretty much, you know, make certain decisions, you know, command, you know commander-in-chief. Let's just say it's just a regular day in the office, no pun intended. Did he really have the power to help progress the adva- or, or advance black people in this country from where they are presently at, this, at the moment that he got in, in office? I mean, was he able to really support the idea of black advancement? Was he able to actually contribute to the advancement of black people in this country and really give us some type, some type of influence, some type of voice? You know, was he able to magically give us the power to have any type of control in this country? My opinion is no. I don't think this country 
will ever, ever <laughs> relax on the idea of having black people have control. I mean, we only represent 12 to 14 percent of the American population. So just by numbers alone, it would be difficult, pretty much impossible, to have a candidate whose primary agenda was the advancement of black people in this country. It would be virtually impossible to put a candidate like that in the White House. We just don't have the numbers. So a lot of times you will have people that, you know, may have good intentions to help black people. A lot of times they would have to add other agendas to that quote unquote black agenda. And then you have this thing called inclusion where you have to include other groups in order to get the numbers you need to get you into office. And then once that happens, now you have to look out for the interests of those groups because without them, you would not be in office. And in the process of doing that, it once again puts the black agenda at the back of the list, at the bottom of the list, per se. It's like black people once again having to go to the back of the bus. So here we are faced with another situation where black people are asked to choose the lesser of two evils once again. And I never understood that theory because even if you choose the lesser evil, you're still choosing evil. So voting my conscience, you know, I mean, I've, I've been guilty before in the past where I pretty much voted for people that wasn't the other guy that I didn't want to see get in. It wasn't necessarily that I was for the person I was voting for, but I was just more against the guy he was running against. And that's a situation where black people, you know, we're always put in that position because there's nobody there speaking to us directly. They're always telling us, hey, well, if you get me in, things are going to be better for you. But do they ever become better for us? 2020, first Tuesday of November is coming, regardless of this pandemic that we're going through. It's coming. The show will go on. And now we're faced with the dilemma. Are we going to get the evil or are we going to get the less evil? Now, Joe Biden is a guy who has a shady uh, disposition. He's a guy where, you know, it's easy to dig up dirt on. You know, and, and, and to be honest, I mean, every politician has his dirt. But the difference here is when it's Trump and the dirt, because he represents a certain segment of people in this country, which, you know, let's be honest, American values were based on a lot of the emotional, uh, you know, the, the tone of the white American male today. This country was built on a lot of those beliefs. It was built on a lot of the interest of white male land owners, uh, white male business owners, 
And Trump represents the guy that's looking out for that guy, traditionally. You know, now these people usually, you know, want to have a situation where they're at the top of the food chain. Their heritage is the most powerful of them all. They want to be in control. So he's able to get away with a lot of those things. And that's why he has so much support today. He'll even have people that won't publicly acknowledge that they support him, but, you know, because his interests are similar to theirs, they will give him that support, as unpopular as it may be. So those people get represented, but what about the ones that are not white male owners, white people, people who are already privileged? What about those people? What about specifically black people? Is Joe Biden going to be the guy to look out for the interests of black people? Now, some people believe because he was you know, vice president for two terms under President Obama, that that pretty much puts him in that you know, category of being one that would look out for black people. I mean, hell, he was vice president under a black man, right? I mean, it's simple. So people think. But let's be real. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that he will. It doesn't necessarily mean that anybody would. Because the honest truth is, America doesn't want to see black people with any type of control or influence. They don't want that rival. They don't want a strong black man or woman that can overtake their values, or at least that's their fear. They fear that, you know, we're going to counter everything they stand for, even if what they stand for supports a wrong that was done historically, it still benefits them. So anyone that comes in threatening that, they're considered an adversary, an enemy of the state, you might as well say. Because how many times have we heard President Obama called a terrorist. I mean, really. So here we are again, having to settle. I mean, I can't think of a politician who's ever came out with a platform that said that they stand chiefly for the interests of the advancement of black people in this country. I've never heard that. Obama has never said that. Obama's thing was inclusion. You know, everybody which is a noble thing. But again, we have never, as a community, we have never had any type of influence in this country. So, I'm a big, avid reader of Claude, Dr. Claude Anderson, that is. You know, he is the doctor that subscribes into the idea of black people having economic power in order to get somewhere in this country. Now, I'm a strong supporter of that theory because I think here, money talks. Money buys you the influence you need. I mean, when it comes to politicians, they're bought and sold every day. But the problem is, as black people, we're not in on the, the, the game of buying any. <laughs> I mean, let's just call it what it is. So in order for us to really have influence, I think the key 
is building up our e economic base. Now, when you think of people that have come here from other countries that haven't been here as long as, quote-unquote, African-Americans, uh, people that have no, uh, you know, no genealogy linking them to this country, but they're able to come here in a, a few short years and acquire a lot more than black people who have been here all their lives. Hell, their generational, I mean, the, the, the mother's mother's mother have been here for all these years and haven't acquired anything near to what they have. Now, I know there's, you know, there's a governmental assistance that a lot of, uh, you know, these people get. But at the same time, look at where their focus is. Now, I don't know too many people from other countries that come here and get involved with American politics, at least not the people that I see in everyday life. Um, I don't see them too involved in American politics, so I don't think they really care which way uh, we go. Uh, Democrat, Republican, Republican, I don't think they care. What they care about is the money. So they were able to come and build an economic base. So a lot of, uh, you know, people from this category, they're able to own nice homes and businesses. And, you know, they have, you know, monies saved up for influence if they need to have that. You know, they have a voice, even though a lot of times, I, like I said, I really don't think they're interested in getting involved in, in, in American politics, per se. But they do have influence as business owners, small business owners in this country. So they figured out it's all about the money. And I think sometimes that's where we lose sight of what's really important because we tend to focus more on the, the, the civil rights aspect of it all because we're so emotionally driven. We want to be accepted. We don't like to be told, no, we're not welcome here. We want to, you know, force our way in. And I think that's where we kind of missed the boat no pun intended of course because our focus should be more on controlling resources in order to have our own economic base which will in theory at some point down the line create a uh, create a situation where we can gain more independence because see me the way I think is the only way we're going to get somewhere as a group of people here is if we form our own free state. Now, I know that's, you know, that's uh, down the line thinking, that type of thinking, you know, people may consider radical or that's, that's just way off base. You know, it can't happen. But I think that's fear talking. Because why would it not or why could it not happen? I mean, the only way I think we get anywhere is if we control our own destinies. And in order to do that, we have to build an economic base. We become more of a consumer than a producer. 
we don't own anything. So we really don't have any power. So realistically speaking, black power is just a slogan that we shout. Because we have no power. Now, in order to create a free state, or an independent state, it would have to take some real out-of-the-box thinking. But I think the basis, or the foundation, uh, when it comes to acquiring such a thing, is always going to be an economic thing. It's always going to be an economic factor which is going to decide if we can pull this off or not. Because money, once again, talks. So are we ready to do that? Because we're damn sure not going to find representation here. I mean, there's an old saying, you know, that goes, look, you get the representation you deserve. And to be honest with you, we have no representation here whatsoever. In Washington, in police departments, in the judicial system, we really have no representation. I mean, look at the United States Supreme Court. Who represents or who is in that cabinet or who, what justice is interested in protecting the rights of black people? You can get a justice in the United States Supreme Court that's supposed to be neutral and non-biased, by the way, that will give you their opinion about abortion, religion, whatever. So you know who they're looking out for when these particular cases come before them. But what about black people? What about our interests? We, we have justices that are so, you know, strongly, strong-minded and, and, and set against certain things and for certain things. But where is that passion when it comes to black people? To making sure that black people are not denied the same opportunities. That their white counterparts are afforded. Who's that guy? Who's that woman? Who's that person in the United States Supreme Court looking out for the brothers and the sisters of this country? You have a black face in there. You know, remember I told you, the black face could be wherever. Does he really have any power? Does he really have any true influence? Does he really have an agenda that's out there to look out for the interests of black people? Is he for black power? I mean, we all, we all know the answers to that one. He's just a face. We have plenty of faces in this country. But we have no power in this country. So what are we going to do? Are we going to continue to vote for either wing from the same buzzard because we think that hey if we go left they're going to make sure that the right doesn't discriminate against black people 
Are we going to vote for the guy on the right to make sure that black people are not coddled and we're able to pull ourselves up by the bootstrings and you know all that kind of mumbo-jumbo? Either way we go, how does it advance black people? If you vote for Biden, how does it advance black people? If you vote for Trump, how does it advance black people? So I'm not telling people not to vote. I would never go that far. But think about what you're doing with your vote. What are you voting for? What is it that you're getting for your vote? Not so much what are you trying to not get for voting for someone, but what are you actually getting for your vote? What type of power are you gaining? What type of influence are you gaining? Do you have a voice now that you voted for this person? I mean, these are the questions that I ask myself each and every election year. Because it seems to be a question that we avoid. We automatically assumed that we would get advancement with President Obama. You know, we had to, right? Black man in office. And I was one of those. I, you know, cried the tears when he was elected in and you know, I, yes, we can, and all that. I did it all. And I'm not bashing Obama, because I think, you know, as much flack as he may get from people within the black community, I think he did the best that he could, and it's just what it is. He could not win um, on an agenda that just chiefly looked out for black people. So I get all that. But that's the problem. You know, once you get in, you're going to look out for those that got you in. And to be honest with you, the, the, the tipping scale in that scenario was other groups other than black people. Black people were almost like the automatics for votes, but he needed more. So he had to sing, sing the song to those groups that he needed to, 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 to get support from in order to win. I get it. It's politics. But I think as a community. We, we need to demand more than that. We need more than that. I mean, I don't even want to bring up the reparations topic because we already know that's not going to happen. Not in this country. This country is not ever, ever going to contribute to evening, or I'm sorry, to balancing the scale when it comes to black and white. This country is never, ever going to want to see black people like really rival the influence of white people. I mean, sincerely rival. Because they would feel too threatened if that happened. So we can't continue to do what we've been doing. We're, we're going to get nowhere. I don't care about sitting on a bus with these people. I don't care about going to school with them. I want my own bus, I want my own school, I want to own my own land, I want to own my own, period. Once I do that, I have some control. I have some power. Now on a grander scale, 
I think we need self-government. We need to self-govern. I think we need to think independence. Since this country was founded by people that were not us, they're never going to acknowledge the interests of us. So how are we ever going to get to where we're trying to go? Unless we create our own. Now, are you too frightened to think of the concept of creating your own? Are you too frightened to think that we can't make it without the good old U.S. of A? Are you too intimidated to try? Do you feel you don't have the confidence within our own to get this done? Because I feel that a lot of people feel that way. They feel as if though we don't have what it takes. We're too divided. Too many selfish people. Too many people that are incompetent. Not responsible. Not trustworthy. Enough to get something like this done. And if we continue that narrative. Or those narratives. We will never get anything done. So then we would just have to settle for what things have been here. Continue to pay the taxes to a system that doesn't respect us. Continue to lead the nation in prison population. Continue to get profiled everywhere we go where it looks like we shouldn't be. Continue to have our young brothers and sisters shot in the back by police officers claiming that they feared for their lives even though they were pursuing the brothers and the sisters. We're going to have to continue to deal with those things. Unless we wise up, form an economic base that is strong, and actually make our own way throughout this system and eventually outside of this system. That's out-of-the-box thinking, y'all. That's just the way it is. So this election year is going to come and go. This pandemic will come and go. Things will go back to normal. Racism will continue. White privilege will continue. Oppression will continue. We may not be on the cotton fields anymore, but now we're in the prisons. Same thing. Things will go on business as usual in this country no matter what but at some point we got to get tired of it and at some point we're going to have to act that's when black power is going to really be needed black power is about action black power is about doing black power is about independence I don't just want to be visible. I want to be powerful. Any thoughts or comments you have about this presentation today? Feel free to leave them uh, in my uh, Facebook group, Akeen's Open Talk. Any questions you may have, any disagreements, that's fine. That's what it's all about. Um, but none, nonetheless, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully we can come up with some ideas of 
solving these problems. I mean, we know the problems very well, but it's about time we come up with some solutions. So, any, any way to wrap it all up, this election year is coming. You know, I advise you to do what you're going to do. Uh, much respect to your decision making. Um, just think about us uh, in the process. That's all I can ask, okay? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate the support. Um, again, if you want to leave any comments or questions, feel free to do so at my Facebook group, uh, Akeen's Open Talk. Uh, just request to join, and I'll go ahead and accept you, and then you can leave whatever it is you feel you have to leave, okay? Love and light to you guys. Much respect, and I will see you down the line. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Akeen's Open Talk. Now, if you would like to leave a comment or two, or if you have any questions, or even an idea for a topic for a future episode, please look up my Facebook group on Facebook and join. Now, it's under Akeen's Open Talk. I will accept you, and then you will be able to contribute. Thank you.